0: listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Susan Kaplan and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Ron Shamilis of the Springfield Republican and Kristen Palpini from The Valley Advocate. Welcome to you both. Hello. Thank you. The population in Berkshire and Franklin County is dropping, while growth is slow in Hamden and Hampshire counties. That's according to new census data. And a story this week in the Springfield Republican dives into the challenges that this graying population raises, whether it's about schools or town finances. Kristen, is there anything new here? Hasn't this been going on for a while?
1: This has been going on for a very long time. Um decades, really. But Massachusetts' population was kind of dipping for a while. So that it's going back up is interesting. And that it's older folks is troubling for so many tax reasons.
0: I mean, Ron, just as Kristen said, Massachusetts is now overall the fastest growing state in New England. So the real question is, what can be done to help the rural parts of the Bay State do a better job of not just retaining, but attracting people?
2: That's a tough one, because so much of the uh money and interest and political power goes toward Boston. And if you're looking towards strengthening the, the entire state, you've you got to think about strengthening Western and Central Massachusetts and maybe some non-obvious areas. Uh, and I hope that's about to happen. I, when I hear slow growth, I actually think that's good news because slow growth is still growth. In Hampton and Hampshire County. I, I
1: think there needs to be some faster growth out in the rural areas, though, because without Wi-Fi, without this uh, Connect, I forget the name of it, Connect West or something like that, uh, nobody's going to move there. You, you can't live uh, successfully. Well, some people can. It's very difficult to live successfully without access to um, internet. Let me ask you this, too.
0: A lot of people in this conversation, Kristen, say, oh, but there's a lot of young people coming and they're starting all these artisanal this and artisanal that. And do you think that's enough?
1: No, no, I don't think that's enough. I mean, it's great, um, you know, learning this skill and passing it on and keeping it going. But these are really small farms. These aren't the sustainable farms that you pass on to the next generation or Uh even Creating a lot of labor? Or creating a lot of labor, yeah.
0: All right. Well, speaking of perennial issues, ha-ha, Governor Baker is surprisingly (laughs) – I know I couldn't help it – is surprisingly proposing a funding boost for early childhood education Since universal pre-K was a big issue in his campaign, Ron, do you think the governor is making a real down payment on this, or is it a political gesture?
2: Well, my first question would be who cares. Uh, If he's putting money into uh, an educational program, I'm willing for any reason to support it. And I have no reason to uh, to question his motives on this one. Uh, I know this. Uh, I'm accused of being too much of a Baker fan, but when he does something like this that people should support, I don't look for reasons not to be happy with it. I think he means it, and I hope so because I think it's needed.
1: I was shocked when I saw that. I was. This came out of the blue for me, and it was such welcome and and great news. And to hear him talking about how important it is to give kids a good start, no matter what income level. It, it was it was inspiring. I thought it was a great move.
2: I, I think Charlie Baker is pro-education. He, he has the label of the charter schools of, of being only in favor of a certain type of privatization of education. I think he thinks it should be fiscally managed well, but I think this is evidence that he does care. And mm. until I feel otherwise, it, then I'm going to support it.
0: Quickly from both of you, however, there are a lot of competing interests when it comes to money, and often,
1: often, this kind of thing gets cut. So, Kristen yeah. – that's, that's very true. Yes. Halfway through the year, we get those cuts and some of the, the programs that we were really behind when we had the money just get obliterated. So I, we have to keep his feet to the fire on this one.
2: I agree with that. If he's serious about it, as we hope he is, as I hope he is, uh, that can't be one of the programs that gets thrown by the wayside when programs have to be... And programs do have to be cut. But if he's serious about it, it shouldn't be this one.
0: Why is it education, though? I mean, when we think about years past, and you've covered years past, Kristen, why is
1: education something that we're still fighting for dollars for? (sighs) Wow, that is a really good question. I don't know why we're still fighting for this. It it seems so very obvious to me that... um if you don't take care of the kids, if you don't set them up right, you're not going to have that sustainable, successful future. I can only imagine that people are shortchanging children because they don't think they need that strong Well, I'm going to just
0: end that by my own personal theory, which is it's because kids can't vote, but we're going to move on. So far on the short list, we've stuck to policy and politics when it comes to the new recreational marijuana law, but Kristen, in a recent column, you've opened up a whole different way to think about this, and I'm (laughs) going to quote you here. This is you. Can you smell where I'm going with this, you say, adding weed tastings, (laughs) y'all? And uh, you did your homework by talking to people who run wine and cheese tastings. What did you learn?
1: Well, I learned all about how to taste different things. And um, What do you mean different things? Well, about uh, like cheese and wine and beer and coffee and... And weed, of course. And there's all different uh, qualities Palette, that you Like to do. palate yes. stuff? Yeah, like palate stuff. You know, you take the smell in. You, you, you move the smoke around in your mouth a little bit. You try to do some fancy inhaling to taste you, it in the back of your you nose. You mean like a cigar? Kind of like a cigar, yeah. yeah. I haven't actually had one of these parties or attended one, but... Uh Uh-huh. Ron. This is a good way to do it, I think. Will you – are you planning on attending any pot parties? (laughs) Look,
2: I voted no. I don't want to spend the next segment of my life whining about our defeat. I knew it was going to happen. And if it's legal, I'm surprised you're surprised. It's legal. It's a substance that people can now use and ingest, and these things are going to happen. I'm not surprised about this at all.
0: Well, I asked, actually, if you were going to go or have pot parties.
2: No, that's – that can be the lifestyle of others. I try to be an open item. It is not mine. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I'm not going to start doing it just because it's legal, but others will. Okay. Well he said it here. Kristen, in a column He's not a while. Come
1: to my party. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I haven't been invited. Uh, I, I I I what what did Clinton say? I won't inhale. Uh, <laughs> oh yes.
0: Kristen, in a column a while back, you wrote about how to come out. Out to your kids as a pot enthusiast. Right. Can you share some pointers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So because I write a column, O Cannabis, for the Valley Advocate, it comes out once a month. Um, My kid is five years old, kind of young to start talking about drugs. But I just hated the thought of somebody, you know, coming up to her at school or someplace and being like, your mom does drugs. And her having no clue what the person was talking about. I said, um, you know, Cleo, I I just, that's her name, (laughs) I just really need to talk to you about this, uh, about something I do for my job. And I told her that part of my job is um, testing flowers. (laughs) I went with flowers. And uh, they're not like regular flowers because she called, she's like, she gave me a dirty look at first. She's like, really? I'm like, well, not like daffodils and roses. These are green and funky and they smell weird. But people dry them out and they smoke them. And um, that is something that I do.
0: Kristen Palpini <laughs> from the Valley Advocate and Ron Chamelis from the Springfield Republican. Thanks to you both. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: And thanks to our listeners for tuning into the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch the shortlist anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to net slash podcast. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is New England Public Radio.